the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. When focusing on eating for health, our attention turns to addressing the what part of eating. We follow an array of diets, all designed to help us lose weight, increase longevity, and improve our quality of life. But according to today's guest, Dr. Michael Roizen, we spend little time on the when part of the equation. Dr. Roizen believes that when it comes to nutrition, timing is everything. When we eat is as important as what we eat. He joins us today to discuss when we should eat for optimal health, to minimize stress, and to best manage daily situations. Dr. Roizen is Chief Wellness Officer of the Cleveland Clinic. He's the author of four number one New York Times bestsellers and nine overall bestsellers. He is a co-author of the new book, What to Eat When. Welcome, Dr. Roizen. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a privilege to be with you, Joan. And of all the shows we've been on, your introduction was by far the, the best synopsis of the essence of the book. So thank you. Well, thank you for being here because I have to tell you, doctor, I, I must confess that as a lifelong dieter, and I really thought I was a pro at it, what we're about to discuss is something that I've never paid attention to. So many of the diet and eating plans that we focus on, they tell us what we should eat, but not necessarily when we should eat. So before we get into that, I, I want to start with the basics. Can you explain our biological clock? What is this? And what does it mean to our daily life? Well, we have a circadian rhythm, um, which tells us when to sleep. The, the goal of the circadian rhythm inside you, it's really just a small group of cells in your brain, 20,000 cells that control your sleep-wake pattern, that control your hormone levels, etc., out of roughly a, a trillion cells in your brain, you've got um, most, very few of them do this, but they do an awful lot. So the job of that chronobiology, the circadian rhythm, is to get you to do the right thing at the right time. That is to sleep at the right time when the sun goes down and to wake when the blue light of the sun comes up. The same thing happens, and this is the reason you probably haven't heard of this. This is only two or three years old um, at most in humans. There's some animal data dating back about seven to ten years, but this is really new science. And that's why you haven't heard about it, because we've just discovered a calorie is not a calorie is not a calorie. That is when what we were taught in medical school and what we've said all along is that it's calories in versus calories out, but it isn't for weight loss. It turns out that calories in the morning are less in counting than calories in the evening. So 0.8 of a calorie, a calorie might be 0.8 calories in the morning and 1.2 in the evening for your body. And that's because your insulin is much more effective in the morning and you become insulin resistant based on hormone changes that occur in the evening. So... When you, the goal is to eat 75% of your calories before 2 p.m., that maximizes your metabolism for your health and for weight loss. And doctor, this is basically the opposite of what most of us do. 
Right. So we have a lot of time in the evening to cook dinner, if you will, in the American way. Traditionally, this is what happens, though. In other words, the meals in Europe, even in Germany now, breakfast is a huge meal. And in Spain, lunch is a huge meal. And my my favorite study is from lunch. But the way we get around this is that you, we call it, eat dinner for breakfast. So you cook dinner but you put it in the refrigerator and eat it for breakfast or lunch so that your biggest meal is at breakfast and lunch. The old phrase is eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, dinner like a pauper. So the the, the point is that, that you want to eat bigger, and that's traditionally what was done, and the way you can do it, and that's why we have a the 31-day plan in the second, third, or second quarter of the book is how you switch so that you can cook foods that will be, in fact, even more healthy after they've been in a refrigerator overnight. So, Doctor, I would imagine that that would take a little bit of a a mindset change because we've been taught or it's been ingrained in us that breakfast is, uh, you know, an omelet or pancakes or cereal or something along those lines where dinner might be meat and vegetables. So would we literally shift those food items to breakfast? Exactly. So my favorite dinner is, in fact, salmon burgers or salmon filet that I've cooked the night before. A mustard-crusted salmon is my favorite. Um, and Dr. Coupain, who works on the works on the book, is a whole-grain pasta salad with walnuts and penne sauce. And again, so you cook it in the evening, whether it's the salmon or the um, whole grains, And then by eating it in the morning, especially with whole grains, they become a resistant starch, meaning they act much like fiber rather than something that raises your blood sugar. So it's even much healthier to do it that way when they're cold in the morning or at lunchtime. Dr. Royzen, is it important for us to fast a certain number of hours per day? Well, the data in animals is pretty convincing. We don't have, all we have is biomarkers, and let me go and explain what I mean by that in humans. So in animals, if they, if you have a reduced calories by 30 or 35% traditionally, um, and you put them on a reduced calorie diet, they live about uh, 30% longer. Um, but if you do an intermittent period of fasting, say 15 hours a day, the same markers of aging in the animals go down or or it means you don't look like you're aging as much. And in fact, um, you still get the lengthening of life, maybe even more, because with that intermittent quality, you start to regenerate your repairing stem cells, those stem cells in your body that help you repair injuries. Now, the data in humans is the same as the animal data from a standpoint of the biomarkers of aging, the inflammatory markers, the blood pressure, the LDL cholesterol, the fasting blood sugar, the insulin levels, etc. So it looks the same in humans. We don't have outcome data because this is too new science. So if you want to do that, you would say, let's only eat when the sun is up. That's one of the rules. Eat only when the sun is up, eat more early, less later, eat dinner for breakfast. And the benefits of that, of that, now, so I stop eating at 7 p.m. and I don't eat till around 10 a.m. So that, and that's, by the way, I, I should tell you there are three surprises, and we can talk about that later. Three surprises when you go on the diet that you, on the when way of eating that you don't expect. One of which is you don't feel hungry at night. But in any case, um, and you do feel hungry in the morning. In any case, the the point is that when you do that um, 15 hours, 12 to 15 hours, you get the benefits, the same anti-aging benefits of reducing your calories without the struggle. So it's really quite easy and it's a way of hacking your metabolism to maximize your health and weight loss. So, Dr. Royson, you just said that there are three surprises, the first being you don't feel hungry at night. What are the other two? Well, the other two is you feel an incredible burst of energy three days after you've totally converted, whether it's on the 31-day plan where you decide to do it all at once. Three days later, 
all of a sudden you feel more energy. I haven't had this much energy for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And the second, and the second, uh, or the third surprise, if you will, is that you sleep much better. All of a sudden, I mean, when you when you avoid eating after 7 p.m., all of a sudden your sleep is incredibly sound and good. Doctor, I have a friend who is following a program where she's paying attention to food combinations. What is your philosophy on that? I know some people who won't eat fruit with a meal or they won't eat potato with a protein. Is that just as important to think about? We don't have the scientific data that says it is or it isn't. Mm -hmm. It's a, you know, it is a trend in in a group of people, but but in fact, the... um, the, the science just isn't there on food combining or food combinations to say it's better or not better. So the way what we say to our own patients is if it makes you feel better, do it. But there aren't data yet to say that's healthier or less healthy. Is it also important for us to pay attention to what we're eating based on what we're experiencing in our life? Oh, absolutely. So the last half of the book is uh, 30 or more scenarios, such as what to eat when you're hangry or angry and hungry, or what to eat when you're stressed, or what to eat um, if you want to go on a first date, or what to eat uh, to increase your testosterone level or to decrease uh, your prostate size, or what to eat if you have hot flashes, or what to eat to, to increase bone strength. So we have all of those scenarios because there is enough data so, for example, we left off the data on what to eat if you work the night shift because although there was some animal data, there weren't enough human data to really say this is supported um, solidly. But there are enough for at least 30 situations like what to eat to build bone strength or what to eat if you're uh, hangry. So generally speaking, for a basic foundation for general health and well-being, what should be eliminated on a daily basis, and what types of food should we be maximizing? So the food that you want to eliminate is anything processed. So process, 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 because usually they add a lot of ingredients that we don't even know about because they're, um, quote, food additives. But the uh, basic thing is uh, there are four other foods, or five if you include trans fat, but uh, they were those have been eliminated um, pretty much in the American diet, trans fat. But the others are simple sugars, added syrups, and simple or stripped carbohydrates, stripped of their um, fiber. And the reason you want to avoid those is they raise your blood sugar too quickly. The other one is foods with saturated fat, not because of the saturated fat, but because they come with amino acids or proteins that change the bacteria inside you to produce inflammation. So the carnitine in red meat, the lecithin and choline in egg yolks and in uh, some most forms of dairy increase the bacteria inside you, the select group of bacteria inside you that produce a waste product. They take that carnitine and turn it into trimethylamine and butylbutane which causes over the long term heart attacks, stroke, cancer. It decreases your ability to fight cancer or to war, prevent cancer, um, and increases kidney disease and dementia. So the reason to avoid that group of foods, the foods with saturated fat, isn't the saturated fat, but is the amino acids that come with most saturated fat. Uh, but the key, the key message I want to say is, the more you eat food that you cook yourself, um, and the more you eat it in the morning or early in the day, the better for you. Doctor, by following your Wenway program, is this a way for us to make lasting change, to finally get off of that hamster wheel? Well, that's exactly right. Once you change this way, it's not a, a diet that you go on and off. It's a, although if you go off it for a day, feel free, you know, the sun is going to rise the next day. Go back to eating when, only when the sun is up. But in fact, this is exactly right. Once you get on this, you, you, the, the people who we've had on it for a long time, as well as Dr. Krupe and myself, the, the benefits of having more energy, of having sustained weight loss, 
of um, not feeling like we want to eat at night, or, at night and sleeping better stay with you. And so that's a, it, it is, a, you know, I, I used to count the number of days I weighed X amount of weight or less um, and try and get it over 90%. Now I don't have any problem staying well almost at 100% of the days that I'm under what I consider um, my optimal weight the highest part of my optimal weight range. Doctor, if you could sum it up, what would be the takeaway message for our listeners? So, Joan, the the takeaway message is that um, you have a chronology or a circadian rhythm to eating. That means that if you eat only when the sun is up, if you eat more early, and if you um, eat, uh, if you will, um, your dinner for breakfast, those things help you um, hack your metabolic system so that you maximize your health and your weight loss. And you get, it essentially gives you the benefit of intermittent fasting and the benefits of ketosis and weight loss without having to go through the craziness of either of those. The book is What to Eat When by Drs. Michael Roizen and Michael Crupain. Dr. Roizen, thank you so much for joining us and for explaining why we should be mindful of when we eat in addition to what we eat. By implementing the strategies that you've discussed today and those that are included in your book, we can embark on the journey of the When Way to Better Health. So thank you for being here. Joan, thank you. What a great interviewer you are. Your listeners are really lucky. Well, thank you so much for saying that. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. Soul by Rain is produced from various seed flowers. Its primary ingredients hail from the black cumin seed and the black raspberry seed. These two combine to provide a powerful antioxidant barrier against the devastating effects of stress. Soul by Rain has been hailed as one of the most important anti-aging antioxidants ever discovered. Soul is an anti-inflammatory and it helps prevent and repair radical damages for a healthier heart. Get your soul by calling your rain partner, Elmina Ziza, at 973 722-1154. Calm, vitality, mindfulness. We all want them, but they seem so hard to attain. Escape the stress and frenzy of the city streets. New York Open Center offers courses, trainings, and a vibrant community to help you start your journey for a more balanced and healthy life. Visit our website at opencenter.org for more information. Stop by our cafe and bookstore for all your wellness needs. Find your center at 30th and Madison. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 Magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. Welcome back to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. Is your head full of ideas, or is there one that just won't go away? Are you experiencing self-doubt about finishing a project, such as writing a book or spearheading a work initiative? Are you ready to claim your creative success? Today's guest, Gail McMeekin, says that it's time to make your creative inspirations a top priority and a cornerstone of your life. She's the author of The 12 Secrets of Highly Successful Women, among other books. Welcome, Gail. Thanks for joining us. I'm delighted to be here. So, Gail, you have helped countless women achieve success. From what you've learned over the years, what are some of the biggest blocks that keep us from achieving what we desire? 
great question. There are lots of things. It's it's very hard because of our social conditioning to stay focused. Uh, men have a better aptitude. Women are sort of holistic thinkers. So it's really important to stay focused. And as women, we seem to have this perfectionistic streak, which could be our downfall. And we need to, for example, somebody writes a novel and then, um, you know, leaves it in the closet for five years mm-hmm. or something like that. So we need to learn how to be more adept at taking positive risks and um, taking inspired, imperfect action. Because even if we make a mistake and we're terrified to make a mistake, mistakes teach us and get us to the next level. So that, that by making an error, we've at least forwarded the action and we're not sitting at home procrastinating. Gail, you write about something called creative intelligence. What is this and, and how does it relate to our success? It's very important. Uh, it's, it's really thinking of creativity as an innate gift you have. And a lot of people had their creativity um, eclipsed in childhood, nasty comments from art teachers and parents and so forth, where we tried something new and creative and it was disruptive or we made a tree purple or something like that. So there's a healing process that has to go through in terms of tapping into our creative intelligence and our capability to uh, make new connections, try new things, be innovative, and, and really dedicate time in our lives and in our weeks to um, develop those skills. Sometimes you start with things that are very small, like, you know, my kid is screaming in the supermarket. What, what innovative thing can I come up with that's going to shift the energy of the situation? So we use our creativity all the time. And many people, you know, still comment, I don't have access to my creativity. And it may be lost and needs to be redeveloped. um, Or they may be using it all the time and not realize that's what it is. Well, do you think, Gail, that's because people, when, when they think of creative, they think of, you know, musical performers or artists, they associate creativity with, with the arts and not with their everyday life. Exactly, exactly. And it's interesting, though, that um, there was a study that IBM did that talks about how creativity is the most required leadership skill for the 21st century. So that includes being creative when you're an entrepreneur. It means being creative when you're uh, coaching employees for improved performance. It means being creative when you're looking at why are sales down? What can we do to, to be different and so forth? So so in our jobs and in our businesses, we're always having to reinvent ourselves. Everything's changing so fast that we're continually having to be creative and come up with some kind of innovative way to talk about what we're doing. It's interesting, Gail. When I started this work, before it, I never really thought of myself as a creative person. Um, for all the reasons that we've discussed. But once I I branched out into what I'm doing now, it's like the floodgates opened and my mind doesn't stop. And so I was looking through your list of highly creative women, the pitfalls of highly created women. And I have to admit, I saw myself in just about every one of these. And I'm sure that other women like us will see themselves in them as well. So let's go through a few of these. What do you believe are some of the most common pitfalls of highly creative women? Not saying no, not being focused and committing the time necessary to do whatever kind of creative work that you're doing. Uh, We're often too easily distracted and we don't make our creative thinking a priority and recognize that how do we access ideas? Well, we may need to meditate. We may need to go for a walk. We may need to go to a workshop. And how do we continually feed our creative mind with new ideas? And women in particular, how do we let go of these societal norms? We have to really kind of look at making ourselves and our health, spirit, and heartfelt desires and passions a priority, make the space for them. And for women, that's a lot harder to do. And the other thing is, um, there's something that I talk about in a book called Ideaphoria, which I know intimately because I have it, that you can actually test for it. And um, so for people who have tons of ideas, 
uh, that could be overwhelming and get us very distracted. And we really need to, to zero in on, okay, this year I'm going to write this book or this year I'm going to start this magazine. I was reading about all the things you're doing or this year. These are my priorities and recognize it. You can't do them all at the same time. So you need to pick one or two and move ahead with those. Gail, I know many women who want to make a change in their life, but they're afraid. What would you say to encourage someone to take that first step? What are some of the new mindsets that you believe we must learn in order to become more courageous? One of the things we need to do is we need to learn how to control our thoughts. And we need to recognize that we're the CEO of our lives and we need to be proactive and that life is a transition. We're always transitioning. So whatever business we're in, uh, there's a constant state of flux and transition. And if we don't embrace the transition or else shift out of what we're doing, then that's a problem. So a lot of people hang on to jobs they hate that make them miserable every day uh, just for that security instead of leveraging what they have and creating a situation where they're they're actually more empowered and, and more secure because often if we're in a job that we hate, it shows and we can get ourselves, you know, in hot water or get fired or what have you, have the choice taken away from us. So we really need to be proactive and, and look at crafting a life that honors all of our creative gifts, fits in with our lifestyle, and keeps us healthy because burnout is such a huge issue for women. Yeah, what does it mean to filter and focus in order to give creative ideas time and space to evolve? When we get a lot of creative ideas, which is really great, that's a wonderful thing to have. And everybody has them, even if they think they don't. Some people have more than others. I find a lot of highly creative people have you know, more ideas than lifetimes. So we need to go through a process with those. And I actually did a video on this where I sat on the floor with all my project ideas and tried to put them in in order. What am I going to do now? What's the heartfelt calling? Because sometimes, for example, people write a book that they think is going to sell, but they're not passionate about it. And I need to help them say, you know, then put this book aside now and let's, let's help you write the book that your intuition is screaming at you that that you want to do that. So we need to filter these ideas for what's really a fantasy, what's a possibility, um, and where is our psychological energy so that we can really get behind it and hang in there with it because it takes a long time to start a business or write a book or write a symphony or solve a creative problem. Um, One of the women I interviewed was Peggy Whitson, who's the female astronaut who spent the most time in space and She talks a lot about how um, she needed to kind of bring the female perspective into the spaceship and solve problems in in different ways. So we have that capability. We just need to nurture it and focus, which means subtracting what I call serenity stealers. And that may be people, uh, environments you don't like, maybe limited thinking. We need to get those serenity stealers out of our lives so we can create a life of positive choices that supports our creativity and helps us to feel fulfilled. The book is The 12 Secrets of Highly Successful Women. If you would like to get more information about the book or Gail and her work, you can visit creativesuccess.com. Gail, in our final moments, what is the takeaway? What's the one thing you'd like to leave our listeners with? That just a reminder that you are creative and um, that you want to be noticing times when you come up with creative solutions to problems, even if it's, you know, how do I change this recipe because I don't have the right ingredients in the house or remembering that you came in and smoothed out a really sticky business interaction and that you have that skill of diplomacy, uh, which can be leveraged and that we all have the capability to make new connections and put our own stamp on things. So even if someone's done something similar, you're different. And if you tune into your truth, you're going to do it differently. So not to be threatened by other people's work, but charge ahead on your own. Gail, thank you so much for being here with us today and for providing strategies that can help us tap into our creativity and leverage our abilities. We are all creative, as you said, and and it's time that we tap into it and make our life more fulfilling. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Joan. It was great to talk with you. We'll be right back. 
this is Joan Herman. I am honored to be a special ambassador for the 2019 Coleman North Jersey Race for the Cure. I hope that you'll join me and my race team on Sunday, May 5th at Liberty State Park for this 5K fun walk and 5K timed run. Sign up for my team at cyacyl.com slash Coleman. That's cyacyl.com slash Coleman. Join the fight. Save lives. Register now. Does your child snore or breathe with their mouth hanging open at night? Are they restless or just don't get a good night's sleep? Children that don't sleep well will have other troubles like slowed physical growth, behavioral issues at home or at school, and changes in their facial appearance, including crooked teeth. At the Center for Integrative Orthodontics, we treat the reasons that crooked teeth happen. People bring their children to us as young as three from all over the East Coast. To learn more, go to morethanstraightteeth.com. She wants to be home with her friends. But at this moment, she's fighting a brain tumor. Please take a moment and join St. Jude in finding cures and saving children. Visit stjude.org. This is WNYA, Hackensack, New Jersey, New York City. back to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. How would your life and health improve if your mind was clear and sharp, operating at its fullest potential? You would be energetic, productive, and thoughtful. You could accomplish tasks with ease and feel confident. According to today's guest, Dave Asprey, this is possible when you biohack your way to a smarter, faster, sharper brain. Dave is a Silicon Valley tech entrepreneur, a professional biohacker, creator of Bulletproof, and a New York Times bestselling author. His new book is Headstrong. Welcome, Dave. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate being here. So, Dave, many people want to experience a better brain, and, and I know I do. I mean, I'm forgetful, I'm moody, I'm unfocused, I'm tired, and I have brain fog. So what is it that is going on physically with someone like me that makes me feel this way? You have the same thing I had 20 years ago when I weighed 300 pounds and my brain started to turn off and I, I kind of panicked because I felt like I couldn't really do my job anymore because I had all this stuff going on. What was happening is that the parts of yourself that make the energy that you use to do everything and just to be you, they either make energy well or they don't make energy well. and. I was not making enough energy in my brain, so I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. And when that happens, you tend to have more anxiety, you tend to be more emotional, and you tend to forget stuff. That's all something that you can change. Now, you've written about biohacking to create a better body, and now you write about biohacking for a sharper brain. What is biohacking? Biohacking is a term that I coined, and the idea is that you have control of your body. And when you change the environment around you and you change the environment inside of you, that that's what changes your biology. So you can make it do whatever you want. Maybe you want to be all muscular. Maybe you want to be lean. Maybe you don't care about those things. You just want to be really smart or have a lot of energy uh, or just enough energy to come home after a long day at work and you know be present for your kids. Whatever it is, uh, it's, it's up to you, but it doesn't happen just by trying. It happens by changing the world around you so that your body will listen to it. So how do we know what our body needs? How does someone go about understanding his or her biology? Are there tests or, or what's the process? There are definitely tests and people work with functional medicine practitioners and things like that all the time. I'm not a doctor. I'm married to a doctor. I lecture with, with, with doctors all the time. Uh, but I am a computer hacker by training, and what you do is the same thing that computer hackers do, and it's you try something and you see if it works. This means you might want to swap your diet around a little bit. You might want to try a raw vegan diet. I did. I did it mm -hmm. for six months to see what worked. Mm -hmm. But the point of the matter is that when you realize that you have control of these variables and that it's your job to see what works, it's really empowering. Because what I believed was that all I have to do is try harder, and if I just try harder, I'll be a good person. Right. And then when it didn't work, 
because I was doing the wrong thing, I felt like I was a failure, like it was a moral failing. And none of this is a moral failing. This is hardware problems. These are things that you can change. You just have to find out what environment is right for your biology. And it's eliminating that one-size-fits-all approach. Like you said, it, it makes a lot of sense when you use that illustration that the body's a computer and you have to find out how it's working technologically. It's true. And in Headstrong, I really dug in on the energy creation piece because when you have more energy it goes to the brain first and when your brain is working you just make better decisions so if at 10:30 in the morning you go into the conference room and some nice person has a big tray of donuts there you are going to hear the siren call of the donut mm-hmm. and you're going to have this conversation <laughs> in your head that goes like this a voice says eat the donut and you say no i'm a good person and the voice says eat the donut and you go back and forth and pretty soon you just have half a donut <laughs> and you say i'm a bad person well what was going on there was you were using electricity in your brain to say no over and over and over until you ran out of willpower and there's a couple things you could do there. One is have more electricity to have more willpower. The other thing is shut off that voice that's craving the donut by making sure you have enough energy. That's the approach in Headstrong. And it frees up a ton of energy because not only do you get enough food and enough electricity in the brain that you don't have the craving, but by not having to think about the craving, all that extra thinking energy goes back to you as well. Dave, what does the brain require in order for us to operate optimally? The brain requires fat for you to operate optimally. It is made out of fat and it gets more energy from fat than it does from sugar. However, if you only ate fat forever, for most people, especially women, you might not like how you feel. So in Headstrong, I describe this idea of cyclical ketosis. It says if you should have some ketones present, which means your body is in fat burning mode, and sometimes you should have some carbs present, not because you ate corn syrup and sugar and cotton candy, but because you ate things like sweet potatoes and some rice and some of the more moderate starches. What this means is not that you can never have dessert again. It means that when you have dessert, you know it's not really good for your mitochondria and you do something to counteract it the next day. So it's not a call for perfection or for asceticism. It's just a call to say, look, you have control. You're going to make decisions. Make decisions that are even slightly better. So if you have a cheat day, eat a really good piece of cheesecake instead of a really bad deep-fried Twinkie. You're, you're still doing yourself a favor. You also write about some pretty interesting things that people may not think about when they're trying to make these changes. Things like the light exposure in your bedroom or sleeping with your phone next to you. I mean, a lot of kids today sleep with their phones actually in their beds. How does that harm us? Well, new research on mitochondria shows that they are actually semiconductive. That means that they run off the same principles that some of our modern technology runs off of. It also means by definition that they are sensitive to electromagnetic frequencies, to magnetism, to light, and we know because we've done all the research, they're also sensitive to sound and heat and the full spectrum of these things. There are dozens of studies that show degrading of mitochondrial performance from electromagnetic frequencies. That doesn't mean you shouldn't ever use wireless. I have wireless. I love wireless because it lets me get stuff done. But when I go to sleep, I have a little switch that I throw that turns off my Wi-Fi router and I put my phone in airplane mode. One of the reasons I do that is that as a professional biohacker, I check my biology. I do all sorts of tests to see what works and what doesn't. I keep my cell phone next to my right thigh. I never keep it near my reproductive organs because that's really bad news. Right where I keep my cell phone, my bone density is 10% lower than everywhere else in my body. That's because bone density is driven by mitochondria. Cell phones are not good for us. You should not hold it up to your head, use a headset, and set it on the table instead of keeping it against your body. And for God's sake, if your kids are sleeping with cell phones, just tell them, if you do that anymore, I'm taking away your cell phone. They'll learn that they can sleep without it. The book is Headstrong. If you would like to get more information about this topic or Dave and his work, you can visit bulletproof.com. Dave, thank you so much for being here and for discussing how we can have a sharper brain. I think that it's so important to look at our body as this magnificent machine, and you give us some really great tools to do that. So thank you. Thank you, Joe. We'll be right back. Are you a woman of birth? 
Hi, I'm Julianne Cantarella, matchmaker, dating coach, and owner of New Jersey's Matchmaker. I work with commitment-minded singles, helping them to totally transform their love lives by taking the mystery and confusion out of dating so they can create the relationship they desire and deserve. As a relationship expert for over 13 years, I've helped hundreds of women understand their worth and move forward into fulfilling, healthy relationships. Before you can have a healthy relationship with a romantic partner, you must have one with yourself. You must see yourself as worthy and behave as a woman of worth. By conveying your worth through your behavior, it will be reflected and modeled, and in return, a partner will view you as such. How do you convey you are a woman of worth? By starting with these principles. First and foremost, respect yourself. If you do not respect yourself, how can you expect anyone else to respect you? You show respect for yourself through your behaviors and the limits and boundaries you set in your relationships. You must also value and see the gifts you bring to a relationship. Be sure to speak your truth clearly, calmly, and without question, expressing your wants and desires and communicating the importance of your needs. And finally, be genuine and authentic. To learn more about me and how I can help you transform your love life to create the relationship you desire and deserve, visit me, Julianne Cantarella, at New Jersey's Matchmaker.com. Do you wonder where life is taking you? Hi, I'm Suzanne Tregenza Moore, mother, wife, business coach, skincare consultant, and middle-aged woman. I'm on a path to rediscovering who I am and what I want, and I invite you to take the journey with me. We all experience life upheaval and unexpected circumstances. Sometimes they're just enough to make us recognize that we've veered off track from what we originally wanted. Sometimes we don't know how we want to go forward. Recent experiences have awakened a desire in me to reconnect with myself, the part of me that isn't worried about basketball carpooling, what the kids will eat for dinner, or whether the dog has enough water. It turned out the first step was letting myself rest, quieting the part of me that focuses on the shoulds, accepting that I wasn't sure which direction to go. When was the last time you accepted yourself as you are today? Gave yourself the time to contemplate where you want to be tomorrow without jumping into action. Take some time today to think about where you would like to be rather than where the world is taking you. Recognize that in each moment of your life, you have the power to choose your path forward. And join me at SuzanneTMoore.com to learn more about how I found myself again, and you can too. In February, the month of love, most of us focus on looking our best for that special someone, and that usually involves kisses. The two things an optimal kiss requires is a clean white smile with fresh breath and lips that attract. If you're a multiple kisser, you will want lipstick that doesn't wear off easily. Choose a natural lipstick with healthy minerals, antioxidants, and nourishing ingredients. If you have fair skin, use bright pink, red, or muted coral. Medium-toned skin looks good in really red or orange colors. For darker skin, use copper brown, taupe, or magenta. There are many options as to the form your lip color can take. Most common is lipstick, where the color is in a small solid stick. These usually wear off and need to be reapplied. Lip fluids are like liquid lipstick. They can be much longer lasting and add intense color to your lips and give them a velvet appearance. Usually you can apply one coat for the effect you need. Some require multiple coats. If you'd like to know more or have a free personal consultation, please contact me, Joanne Ferrari, your nationally recognized leader in anti-aging at 908-581-9254. That's 908-581-9254. And be sure to read my companion article in 24-7 magazine. It is no secret that many people wait until after the holiday season concludes before finally deciding to move on with their lives and commence the divorce process. It is for that reason why January is oftentimes one of the busiest times of year for matrimonial lawyers. My name is Robert Epstein, and I'm a partner with the family law firm of Ziegler, Zemsky & Resnick in Livingston, New Jersey. Whether because of the family and the children, financial reasons, a hope that the marriage can be saved, an overwhelming schedule that leaves no time to act on this decision, or something else, each person has a rationale 
rationale for why and when they are finally prepared to move forward. Oftentimes, people look at a decision to move forward with a divorce in the new year as a sort of New Year's resolution, which makes sense when considering that a resolution is designed to help you improve something in your life. A few things that you can consider doing to move forward are number one, find the right divorce lawyer. Number two, outline your divorce goals. Number three, gather your financial documents. And number four, rely on that support system and professionals to help you get through a difficult time. With these steps in mind, the new year will present a clean slate and a chance to make positive changes in our lives that we might not have otherwise been ready for. Hopefully you will be better prepared when the time is right to make that decision for you. For more information, please contact me at Siegler, Zemsky & Resnick, 973-533-1100 or robert at zzrlaw.com. productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach On Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Bill Resch, the founder and managing partner of The Elementary Group, a leadership coaching, development, and strategic planning consultancy that helps clients become agents of action in life and within the organizations they serve. He's here today to discuss why we should play for the blue chips. Welcome, Bill. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Joan. It's so great to be here. So, Bill, last month we talked about the power of making small improvements in order to achieve the change we're seeking. And you hinted at the idea that we all need a clear vision to have more success in life and work. So let's talk more about a life vision. What is it? Well, I I think we talk a lot about purpose and mission, uh, Joan. And purpose is really about why we're here. And mission is really what we do each and every day. But in order to be successful with our life mission, we really have to know where we're going. And so at the heart of having a life vision is this idea of starting with the end in mind. Starting with the end in mind is really about identifying the GPS coordinates for what we want to achieve and who we want to be in this life. So to me, a life vision is a future reality you'd really like to see happen. Well, I like that, you know, when you say starting at the end. So why is a life vision so important? I like the analogy of poker. Uh, In poker, we use a variety of chips. Each is worth a different sum of money. And for this illustration, let's assume you get some white chips. Those are worth a dollar. And you get some blue chips. Maybe those are worth $20. So the idea of creating a compelling life vision is to identify and clarify what your most meaningful priorities are in life. Those priorities that are worth the blue chips. These blue chips can be all sorts of life experiences. They can be happy marriages. These can be successful careers. These can be relationships and extended relationships with your children and family. These are specific and unique to you. So simply put, the idea is to focus yourself on your priorities as opposed to your white chips, which are usually someone else's priorities. Those are activities that are less important, more time-consuming, and they distract you from working on your priorities. And so I think it's really important for you to spend time to reflect and identify what's most meaningful and important to you. Bill, is there something we can be doing today to help us start creating a life vision? Absolutely, Joan. I love the idea of brainstorming. And so perhaps you've heard of this idea of creating a vision board. And But to me, the idea is just sitting back and going about your life and identifying uh, the things you most want to aspire to be. And so many people want to travel the world. And so clipping out a picture of the Eiffel Tower and putting it on a, on a piece of paper and your vision board is a great way to lead you towards the future. And so one of the most simple mechanisms and ways to start moving towards a successful life vision is to brainstorm about exactly what is most meaningful to you. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. I love the idea of playing for the blue chips. If you would like to learn more about Bill or more about how you can play for the blue chips, you can visit Bill's website, elementarygroup.com. Do you worry about how to protect your family and valuables from intruders breaking into your home? Hi, I'm Dan Coleman, professional investigator and founder of Creative Solutions Investigative Services and Burglary Solutions. The thought of someone breaking into your home when you're away, or worse, someone entering your home when you're sleeping, is a frightening thought for all of us. Some simple steps can make a big difference in keeping your home safe and secure. Keep in mind that burglars and thieves want your valuables more than anything else. 
Woods. An experienced burglar knows that if they're confronted by a homeowner while committing the burglary, they could face more serious charges than if no one was home. So do everything you can to make your home look occupied at all times of the day. When it's dark, have multiple lights on timers, especially at dusk. During the day, make it look like there are children in the home. To protect yourself at night, make sure you have motion lights around the outside of your house and property. Did you know that most burglars are inside a home for less than three minutes? That's enough time to go to the master bedroom, steal jewelry or other valuables, and escape before the police arrive. So never store valuable or sentimental jewelry in a jewelry box inside your bedroom. Don't put off thinking about how to protect your home and family from a burglar until it's too late. If you need more information or assistance, you can contact me, Dan Coleman, through my website, csinvestigations.info or burglarysolutionsllc.com. This is Joan Herman. I am honored to be a special ambassador for the 2019 Coleman North Jersey Race for the Cure. I hope that you'll join me and my race team on Sunday, May 5th at Liberty State Park for this 5K fun walk and 5K timed run. Sign up for my team at cyacyl.com slash Coleman. That's cyacyl.com slash Coleman. Join the fight. Save lives. Register now. Do you experience stress thinking about your physician appointments? Are you worried you will not have enough time to voice your concerns or be able to ask your questions? Hi, I am Lori Gardner, registered nurse, patient advocate, and board-certified health and wellness coach. I am the CEO and founder of HealthLink Advocates, a firm dedicated to assisting people navigate our very complex and confusing healthcare system. We also are dedicated to providing coaching to individuals that want to improve their health and overall well-being. We assist patients prepare for their physician visits so they optimize their time during the visit and honor the time of the physician as well. We generally make appointment times for either the first appointment of the day or the first one after lunch, which minimizes wait times. We help our patients prepare an agenda and a list of questions for the visit. We coach our patients to stay focused on the subject matter and be clear ahead of time what all of their symptoms are and how to present them. In addition, we can attend the appointment with our clients and have a complete medical history, list of medications, and any pertinent test results prepared. We provide any research needed on a new diagnosis, planned surgery, and treatment options. When your disease or condition is complex, consider contacting us at healthlinkadvocates.com to discuss how we can assist you and provide peace of mind. today's show. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Conversations with Joan, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on the site, listen to past shows on demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.